Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. I'm Joel Silverberg. Field Pass Hockey does so much in the world of minor league hockey from the SPHL to the ECHL to the AHL. They've got a full team of credentialed writers and photographers that cover all levels of minor league hockey, including the Ice Bears in the SPHL, and they're a proud partner of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Uh, Speaking of which, it was great to finally meet James Hayes in person. He covers the Birmingham Bulls, but also is the host of the Inside the SPHL podcast. So it was a lot of fun getting to chat with James before the Knoxville and Birmingham game last Friday down in Pelham. Uh, So appreciate James stopping by the broadcast booth and looking forward to catching up with him again the next time the Ice Bears are in Birmingham. Three more games for Knoxville down at the Pelham Civic Complex this season before the end of the year gets here. So for Knoxville, it was an eventful week. Uh, Some good, some bad. We're going to discuss it and get to it and all the news items coming with the week. Uh, Some suspensions that need to be talked about. But all in all, a pretty good weekend as Knoxville continues on its really solid start to the season. Everything got started off with a win over Birmingham on Friday in a game that was really wild. A ton of penalty minutes, 10 goals total after Knoxville had shut out Birmingham in back-to-back games the previous Wednesday and Friday around Thanksgiving. Knoxville goes to Birmingham, scores early, takes all the momentum, but Birmingham keeps fighting and stayed in that game through the majority of two periods, and it went back and forth. Knoxville scored, Birmingham scored, Knoxville scored, Birmingham scored, and then finally towards the end of the second period, Knoxville scores twice In the second period, back-to-back, they take a 5-3 lead. Knoxville eventually opened it up to a 6-3 lead before Mike Davis scored for Birmingham to make it 6-4, and that gave us the final score that we had. But Knoxville gets three wins over Birmingham in about a span of a week and a half and continues on a really solid stretch and got the road swing started with a win because that was the first of a four-game road stretch that the Ice Bears are in the middle of. Obviously, the game's against Birmingham and Fayetteville this past Friday and Sunday, and then they've got a road trip to Peoria this upcoming Friday and Saturday as they take on the Rivermen for the first time this year. So for that game against Birmingham, obviously the one incident that Drew a lot of attention, was a hit that Andrew Ballant made on Carson Rose. And over the weekend, I, I kind of went back and looked at the replay a little bit more and more. And I, I think it was more the follow-through as Ballant is coming across Rose when he's over towards the left circle. Because I think the hit starts low enough where it's not an illegal check to the head. Obviously, Rose goes down and is motionless for a few moments and that's never an ideal situation for anybody whether it's your own player or somebody on the opposing team that you're cheering against you never want to see a player go down like that Uh, so glad to hear from James Hayes later on on Saturday morning that Carson was doing okay and was doing all right considering the scary hit that he took from Ballant and so Ballant was 
ejected from the game, given a game misconduct for an illegal check to the head. Frank Sullivan comes off the Birmingham bench, goes after Ballant. Uh, they never really get to each other, though. They never really trade punches. The linesmen are kind of bear-hugging each skater, trying to prevent the two from actually being able to fight. Both players were ejected. The following day, it was announced that Sullivan was going to be given a three-game suspension for leaving the bench and then continuing the altercation as he tried to go through the linesmen in order to get to Ballant. Ballant was given a one-game suspension, so he missed the win on Sunday against Fayetteville. And... Sullivan and Ballant were both given suspensions by the league on Saturday morning. And then for Mike Davis of Birmingham, that was the third ejection and suspension that came out of that game as he fought J.B. Baker. Baker left the game as a result of a five-minute fighting major in the final five minutes of regulation. That resulted in Baker being removed, but Baker was not suspended. Davis did end up having to miss Saturday's game between Birmingham and Evansville. The Bulls went on to lose that game, uh, but Baker did not have to sit for the game Sunday against the Marksmen. So no Ballant, no problem for Knoxville on Sunday as the Ice Bears managed to get a goal early in the second period from Dino Balsamo. They got two more before the period ended. Stepan Timofeyev got the second goal on the power play, and Knoxville wouldn't say cruised to a 3 nothing win, but once they kind of got out of a flurry throughout the second period, Fayetteville didn't threaten enough to make you think they were going to overcome a three-goal deficit. It was really more of the suspense of, is Christian Stead going to get the shutout? He made some monster saves in that game. Uh, he denied Bryce Farrell on a breakaway attempt. Early in the first period, he stopped Brian Moore on a really short-range attempt late in the first period, then had the two back-to-back saves. That's the video that we posted on the Ice Bear social media account where he made the kick save on Moore and then got the glove on the follow-up try. Just constant big saves by Christian Stead to get his second shutout of the season. So Knoxville now has four shutouts this year. They have three shutout wins in their last four games, the 6-4 win against Birmingham being the outlier. And Knoxville has been playing some really good hockey. And we talk so much about the defense, how they do a good job at limiting shots. But it helps when you've got a goalie that can, well, really two goalies that can make big time saves like that. So the week after Jimmy Perita is named the SPHL Player of the Week for back-to-back shutouts, Knoxville then goes on the road. Perita gives up four goals against Birmingham, but ultimately gets the win, had to make some big saves. Birmingham piled up a lot of shots against him. I think they got 36 shots on net. And then Stead makes a 29-save shutout on the road against Fayetteville the night after, or the, yeah, the night after Fayetteville's coming off a pretty emotional 2-1 overtime win over Roanoke, where Brian Moore makes this great play, makes a couple of guys miss. It ends up being the number three play on ESPN Sports Center's top 10 plays the following day. And so Fayetteville's got some momentum, and Knoxville did a good job coming in off the off day and not being overconfident. It played well. I thought Fayetteville actually controlled the flow of the game throughout the first period and instead kept the game scoreless. And sometimes when you have a goalie make big saves despite your opponent dominating the game, your opponent can fall flat a little bit in the ensuing periods if it feels a little discouraged. Knoxville is able to beat Jason Pulaski three times in the second period alone and go on to get the win. So a, a really encouraging result for Knoxville to be able to get those two wins over the weekend. And you know Fayetteville, it's not the full lineup. And, and Jeff Carr, the head coach, talked about this before the game on Sunday. 
it's really hard to judge Fayetteville going into that game on Sunday based on what Knoxville saw when they played Fayetteville three times at the beginning of November because it was a totally different team. You didn't have Taylor Best in the lineup. You didn't have several other key players in the lineup. Donald Oliveri gets ejected early in the game again against Knoxville for an elbowing call. Uh, Stefan Brucato ends up getting eight stitches in his forehead because of two different cuts. So it, it was a physical game, a lot of hard hits. And for Knoxville to be able to handle its business and get the win, because Fayetteville was still playing like a good team. They still had a lot of core pieces, and they've made some good additions. Brian Moore, I think, has shown that he can be really effective offensively. He's really physical. He's willing to take penalties. He's a very aggressive player. But you throw in Matt McNair, who's had a great season offensively. Jason Pulaski can steal games from teams. And so you'd prefer to have guys like Taylor Best in the lineup, but and Shane Bednard and some guys like that. But I, I think for Knoxville, you have to still feel pretty good about being able to go on the road and get a win like that, even though Knoxville had the Saturday night off. And Knoxville went from Birmingham to Fayetteville overnight, spent Saturday in Fayetteville. A handful of players actually went to the game at Crown Coliseum on Saturday night to watch Fayetteville take on Roanoke. And it was it was a fun atmosphere. It was cool to be there. And so appreciate Fayetteville for their hospitality on Saturday and Sunday. But Knoxville goes in and picks up the win over the Marksmen on Sunday afternoon. And now Knoxville turns its attention to Peoria, which historically it's been tough sledding for Knoxville going to the Peoria Civic Center. Now Knoxville and Peoria have actually split the last 12 meetings between these two teams. Now it's a little bit difficult to think about that history because they haven't played each other this year yet. They did not play each other last year because Peoria was one of five SPHL teams that did not participate last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so now you're having to go all the way back to the 1920 season, which got cut short about a month early because of COVID-19. So not really any sort of history that relates to too many guys on either side. Obviously, you got Jason Price, Stefan Brucato, Anthony McVeigh for Knoxville. You have guys like Eric Levine and Alec Hageman for Peoria. The coaches know each other very well with Jean-Guy Trudel now in his eighth season with the Rivermen. You have Jeff Carr, who's in his fifth season coaching Knoxville. So you've got core pieces that are very familiar with each other, but we're not seeing the, the same sort of rivalry buildup between these two teams that we've seen in the past, just because you've got so many players for both teams that haven't been a part of this matchup yet. So it's going to be fun to see how Knoxville handles the road trip. Uh, the bus is going to depart Thursday morning. So the team is going to get up there a day early as opposed to leaving Friday morning, playing Friday night, as we've seen at times throughout the course of this season. So Knoxville is going to leave a day early and get up to Peoria about early Friday evening and, and enjoy the evening there and then get ready for uh, the game or Thursday evening, I should say, and then get ready for the game on Friday and play Friday night and Saturday night. Both games are set to drop the puck at 815 Eastern time. You can always catch the road games at Union Place Bar and Grill on Chambliss Avenue in Bearden and enjoy the food there, the drinks there, and check out all the action on their 160-inch video wall. A lot of a lot of fun to watch an Ice Bears game there with all the other Ice Bears fans. So I would encourage you to stop by there if you're not planning on making the trip up to Peoria. This is the only time that Knoxville goes to Peoria this season. So the, only, the two teams only play each other four times. So Peoria will come back to Knoxville for two games at another point later in the season. Knoxville goes to Peoria to take care of both of its road games at the Peoria Civic Center this year. 
So when we come back, what happened at the end of the Knoxville-Fayetteville game on Sunday? What does that mean for Knoxville moving forward? A lot of Knoxville fans probably not going to be happy about it, but that's what we're kind of looking at as we move forward. We'll also get a quick recap at what happened over the course of the weekend and look at the league standings as well. I'm Joel Silverberg. You're listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes, an overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple app stores. So at the end of Knoxville's game against Fayetteville, and this was the announcement from the league that resulted in some suspensions being handed out, Brian Moore took a slash on Knoxville's Rasmus Waxenangback. Waxenangback had to be helped off the bench back to the Knoxville locker room. According to the official report, this happened at 1917 of the third period, so with about 43 seconds left to go in the game. Moore was given a one-game suspension, so he will miss this upcoming Thursday's game against Macon on Thursday. Now, what happened was, is after the slash, Knoxville forward Jared Nash took exception to it, went over to Moore, started a fight, and Nash has been given a five-game suspension for fighter, fighting than other than during periods of the game because the fight took place right after the third period buzzer had sounded. So, to recap, Brian Moore slashed Rasmus Waxenangback. Waxenangback had to be helped off the bench back to the locker room. Moore was given a one-game suspension. Jared Nash fought Brian Moore in retaliation for Moore slashing his teammate. And Jared Nash was given a five-game suspension. You can do with that information whatever you wish. So, Nash will miss this weekend's trip to Peoria. He will miss the two home games against Macon the following weekend, and then he will miss the ensuing home game against Roanoke on December 26th. So Knoxville will be without Jared Nash for the next five games, uh, which is uh, unfortunate as Nash got his first point with a nice give and go with J.B. Baker in the win Sunday against Fayetteville. That was a nice play by both players as Baker ended up splitting the pads of Jason Pulaski. So what that means for Knoxville moving forward is Knoxville is probably going to have to rely a little bit more on Connor Graham, the new acquisition. And that was something that came up as a result of Andrew Ballant being suspended. And obviously there's the trade situation with Ned Simpson. So Riley Robertson was under the weather, did not go with the team this weekend, which is why he did not play. So Ned Simpson, who has often been a uh, a healthy scratch and the odd man out for some of these road trips for Knoxville. He came on the road for the two games against Birmingham and Fayetteville. Before the game against Fayetteville on Sunday, uh, it was announced that Simpson was going to be traded to Vermilion County for future considerations. And so those terms still have yet to be determined. And with Ballant being suspended, Connor Graham was flown in from Utah to Chicago to Raleigh, and then took an Uber from Raleigh to Fayetteville uh, to 
uh, get with the team to the hotel in Fayetteville and then played in the game on Sunday for the Ice Bears. So with Nash being out for five games, that means the game he will next be available for will be December 30th at Huntsville. And so after this upcoming weekend, that is Knoxville's next road trip. So after Knoxville gets back from Peoria, uh, four of its next five games to close out the month are at home. The Ice Bears will face Pensacola on New Year's Eve as they take on the Ice Flyers for the first time this season. And that is actually the front end of a two-game weekend as the Ice Bears will face Pensacola on New Year's Day at 6 o'clock as well. So after this trip to Peoria, Knoxville does not go anywhere besides Huntsville. It goes to Huntsville on December 30th, then again on January 11th, and then heads to Macon on January 14th. So the Ice Bears not traveling as much over the course of the next five weeks and kind of avoid the long road trips for a while. You get Huntsville twice, you get Macon twice, and then they go back to Danville for the second time this season. At the end of January, they'll go to Vermilion County, they'll go to David S. Palmer Arena on January 28th, and then on the 29th and 30th, they have two games at the Tax Slayer Center to take on Quad City. So that is the longest road trip for Knoxville. Quad City, the farthest team away from Knoxville. It's about nine and a half hours by car. Uh, so probably a little bit longer on the bus. And then Knoxville will come all the way home after that game on January 30th. So uh, it, it's uh, the schedule really starts to shape up here for Knoxville once this trip to Peoria concludes. And so a pretty, a pretty easy holiday schedule for the most part, not in terms of the opponent, just in terms of the travel situation. Home games, you, you get a break from the 18th to the 26th. Then you get games on the 30th, the 31st, and the 1st. So you have a three and three on that weekend, but going to Huntsville and then getting two home games, the the travel situation could be worse there. So I think Knoxville uh, lucks out a little bit there. Obviously, it'll be tough games having to go to Peoria this weekend, having to go to Huntsville, who Knoxville hasn't beaten yet, and then having to take on a Pensacola team that, uh, of course, the defending champs, the you know not the season or the start to the season that they were hoping for this year, but still a good team that has some talent. And speaking of which, a goaltending duo that has done some pretty good uh, things so far uh, for Pensacola. So something that I think should be taken note of because Pensacola is getting some help from its uh, goaltending duo. You've had Sean Kuhn, who was just named the uh, goalie, uh, the player of the week in the SPHL. And so he's put out some big numbers. You've had Marcus Russell that's really been coming into his own offensively. Brennan Blazak has started to really play well as of late also. So I think for Pensacola, you're not seeing them towards the top of the standings as we're used to. They're still in sixth and eight, five, and two. So they've got that positive point percentage. They've won six of their last 10. They have points in seven of their last 10. So just something to consider as Pensacola starts making its move. And you've got some teams that are figuring out their roster situations a little bit late. Knoxville's been pretty fortunate in it hasn't had a ton of attrition up to this point in time. Now it has to figure something out with Nash being unavailable for a while. It'll have to figure out, okay, how does Connor Graham really fit into the mix? Uh, Obviously good to start off with a win, but let's see how he establishes his role. And Connor played 11 games in the ECHL this year. So obviously a really talented player, a solid player. And some teams just haven't dealt with all these call-ups and all these injuries and all these changes. Knoxville has been kind of fortunate that its change has been fairly minimal. Obviously you'd love to have Carter Colthorpe and Andrew McLean back here in Knoxville, but for those to be your only two call-ups at this point in time, 
I think you got to consider yourself fairly fortunate if you're Knoxville. So Huntsville remains at number one in the standings, 17 games in, 31 points, just two losses on the season. Quad City is 28 points through 17 games. Knoxville is at 27 points through 16 games, so they have a game in hand over Quad City. Knoxville also has a game in hand in the two teams behind it. Evansville and Fayetteville are both 11-6, and six, so 22 points. That's five points back of Knoxville. Pensacola just 15 games, but 18 points. Roanoke, 15 points in 14 games. Peoria, 14 points in 12 games. That's the thing with Peoria being in eighth place right now at being a little misleading. They've played fewer games than anybody else in the league, and every team in front of them in the standings has played at least two more games. Birmingham, eight points in 18 games. Macon, five points in 16 games. Vermillion County, three points in 13 games. So the Ice Bears are going to try to keep this momentum rolling as they get ready to take on Peoria for the first time this season. Elsewhere around the league this weekend, Roanoke is going to play two games against Macon. Birmingham gets Vermilion County. Pensacola takes on Quad City. Obviously, Knoxville is in Peoria. And then on Saturday, while the Ice Bears are taking on the Rivermen again, Huntsville will be in Evansville. And Pensacola in Quad City, Birmingham, Vermilion County, Roanoke and Macon again. And then Sunday, you have Pensacola taking on Quad City for the third time in the weekend. So three games in three days for those two teams up at the Tax Slayer Center in Molen. So should be a lot of fun with everything coming up this weekend. And we certainly hope that you'll join the broadcast on hockey TV, sphltv.com or mixlr.com slash Knoxville Ice Bears. Uh, by the way, I will not be going on the road trip to Peoria this weekend. Tucker Holt is going to handle the play-by-play duties. Uh, you've heard him on a couple of broadcasts already this season. Uh, really appreciate Tucker uh, taking the time to go on one of the longer road trips this year. And I know he's excited about the opportunity, but Tucker Holt will have the play-by-play broadcast for you this weekend as I take care of some uh, exciting family news happening in the next week for uh, me and my wife. So we're very excited about that. More news to follow, uh, but this was something that was planned well in advance. So it, it's not an emergency. It's, it's something that we've been taking steps to prepare for at this time. And so we appreciate Tucker being ready and being willing to make the trip up to Illinois this weekend with the guys on the bus. Thank you again for checking out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Again, make sure to tell a hockey fan you know about the Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears. As always, the podcast is brought to you by Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com, and make sure to download the Field Pass Hockey mobile app on the App Store and Google Play. And also, for more information with Field Pass Hockey and their coverage of the SPHL, check out the Inside the SPHL podcast with my guy, James Hayes. Had a chance to meet James in Birmingham last Friday. He had me on as a guest on the show a few weeks ago. He had Jimmy Parita as a guest on last week, and it was a really good interview with Jimmy. So uh, James did a great job uh, getting uh, the most out of Jimmy with the time that he had him. It was an extended interview, and I think you'll really like it. Getting to learn about Jimmy and a lot of information about him and his family away from hockey as well and some of the things that Jimmy likes to do. I know he's not in the best mood this week with uh, his beloved Bills losing to the Patriots on Monday Night Football. So if you if you see Jimmy this week, uh, maybe give him a hug and a pat on the back and tell him it's going to be all right in the AFC East. So uh, shouts to Jimmy, obviously having a fantastic season for Knoxville so far. But I appreciate you listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Joel Silverberg. Follow the team at Ice Bears on Twitter 
at Knoxville Ice Bears on Facebook and Instagram. We'll keep you updated with everything happening with the team. And we certainly hope that you continue to enjoy uh, coverage of the Knoxville Ice Bears and the SPHL. But if you are subscribing or listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star rating and review, and tell a hockey fan you know about the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Until next week, Knoxville will have two games against Peoria by the time we have our next episode, so be on the lookout for that. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much again for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey.